have a very special guest joining us, Tanya Matviva. Born and educated in Moscow, Russia, Tanya worked as an exploration geologist on four continents, searching and occasionally finding often valuable commodities. Extracting precious grains of knowledge by plowing through large, complex data sets led to respect of a good database, which in turn led to fascination with distributed databases, i.e. blockchain technology. Tanya lives in the UK and runs an independent consultancy focused on helping the mining industry take advantage of this revolutionary technology. Thanks again for joining us on The Rocks. If you like what you hear and want to catch past conversations, please make sure to subscribe. Now let's dive in. All right, Tanya. Well, thank you so much for joining on The Rocks today. I'm uh, really excited to have you on to talk about something new for our audience. Thank you for inviting me, Emily. I'm excited to be here. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and explore your website, and I think the work that you're doing is fantastic and really needed. Well, thank you so much, and and same to you. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a little bit of an overview of, of what it is that you and your team are working on and how it's relevant to the mining industry. So our team at Company Chain, our goal is to help mining companies adopt blockchain technology. We are all mining industry specialists, we're geologists, but we've educated ourselves in blockchain technology and we've educated about ourselves how it can help mining industry. And so we're trying to link these two worlds together. And I know I get I get asked all the time when I tell people I'm in mining typically these days they ask oh are you in like a a bitcoin mining business i'm like no 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 like like regular rock mining <laughs> um which uh you know creates a little bit of a they're like oh like we still do that so i don't know if you get that sometimes being in blockchain but in the mining industry it is my slogan Let's get mining back to us. This is our word. <laughs> they stole it from us. Uh, and so we need yeah. to own it. Mining is us. <laughs> yeah. Our work has nothing to do with cryptocurrencies. And I have to explain to all the mining companies that I talk to, we are not in cryptocurrency. This is blockchain for enterprise, completely different story. But yes, this confusion does, yeah. uh, you know, come up a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so for those who maybe aren't familiar, explain the difference between cryptocurrency and blockchain. So blockchain is a distributed ledger, distributed database, right? And the most famous use now is the cryptocurrency, specifically first Bitcoin, and then all the Ethereum and Dogecoin and all the other coins. And so this is what people all hear about, that they think that uh, crypto is blockchain, but it is not. It is mm-hmm. Blockchain is this distributed database platform, and what you do on it is up to you. And enterprise realized the potential of this distributed database and to improve efficiency, to improve uh, traceability, transparency. So it is a completely different area where blockchain technology is being used. And this is where we are working. Uh, we don't at all uh, work with cryptocurrencies, except that if crypto investors want to invest in mining industry, then we're happy to talk about that. But uh, enterprise blockchain is a different ecosystem. So to kind of sum it up, blockchain is a technology that 
is and can be used by cryptocurrencies, but is and can be used by lots of other kinds of companies like mining companies and trading platforms. Absolutely, yeah. For logistics, for real estate now, for smart contracts in construction industry. So many different uses for this network. It really changes the interactions from a top-down systems to more network. It's a more democratizing a system. So people talk about blockchain revolution. And for a good reason, it really will change the world. It will change our economy systems. And this is why it is so exciting for me to talk about this technology. And we use our expertise in mining industry to understand how we can implement it to benefit the miners. And I know I'm most familiar with how blockchain originally got adopted or, or at least you know, was kind of talked about as a use case in mineral traceability, right? Especially with regard to conflict minerals or conflict diamonds, you know, people wanting to make sure that there was a traceability of where a mineral or a metal came from and through that whole supply chain. Is that still something that, that blockchain is being used for? Absolutely, yes. It is very much used for that. Uh, now the number of commodities that are being tracked is much higher. If it indeed started with diamonds and with cobalt, and now there there is much longer list. People are tracking mm. in nickel and copper and mica and tin. The consumers, the car manufacturers, the phone manufacturers want to prove to the buyers that they're not using, you know, unsustainably produced metals. And so the list of these commodities and the geography of blockchain applications uh, has grown enormously in the last three years. I became really interested in this blockchain world in my about three years ago, and uh, the growth was amazing. And that's a very exciting place to observe, you know, how all the companies that I'm, you know, working with, they all just explode and grow very, very fast. So track and trace for sure. Yeah, it's still Mm -hmm. very much uh, an application. And I would imagine, especially now with the increased focus on ESG, right? ESG investors, ESG requirements, like the ability to, as you said, track and trace. I mean, this is a tool that allows people to really, really follow that. Absolutely. Basically, blockchain allows you to track any information that is linked to some commodity, to some piece of something. It's a digital fingerprint of a physical entity. And then you track this physical entity using this digital document as it goes, you know, from mine to then transport to maybe a processing facility, maybe to a smelter. And so it tracks whatever information you put, it can track anything. At first, it was just tracking, you know, this one diamond or this bag of cobalt. But now it's very much used for tracking CO2 emissions or Mm. uh, corporate social responsibility that is related, you know, to this particular mine, to ethical um, production of, you know, different metals. Whatever information you put on it, blockchain allows uh, you to assure your client that this information is true. And whoever is put it on, it carries responsibility because these records, that they're immutable. Once once it's on the blockchain, you cannot just easily replace it with something else and say, oh, that's how it was always. No, because everything is tracked. 
So with something like CO2 emissions, I, I hadn't heard that yet. So like, how does that work? What would it, it would be like a, an emission statistic that would be attached to a certain amount of mineral production? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's right. So they calculate how much CO2 is produced during, you know, a certain, you know, batch of, uh, for example, uh, I think it is uh, the South Wire in US actually is buying a copper from a BHP mine in Chile. And they're tracking CO2 emissions of this copper shipment from mine to the U.S. Okay. Like everything, you know, what were the CO2 emissions during the mining? What were the CO2 emissions during the smelting? What were they during the transport? And then they kind of add it all up. What blockchain does, it, it puts the records from all these different participants and it stores them. Uh, they they are then carry responsibility for what they've said, you know. They, they cannot later come mm-hmm. in and change and whatever because what blockchain does is... These records, uh, they are available immediately to all the participants of the network. Of course, privacy is paramount, but you set up this contract, you agree, you get together, all these different parties, they have to get together and agree what information they all have the right access to. And once that's agreed, then it is there, the system is working for everybody correct me if I'm wrong, but the records are essentially duplicated throughout the network. So it means that someone can't also come in and, like you said, edit the document, for lack of a better word, or corrupt it in some way, because everybody else already has it. Basically, blockchain creates one source of truth for everybody. So rather than duplicating everything, it kind of one center where all the participants, they see exactly same piece of information simultaneously. Uh, okay. And then how does this tie in? Because I know you also work with like tokenization. How does the blockchain work with that? Because I think of token and I think of a cryptocurrency, right? But I know that's not all that it means. You probably also would have heard now NFTs, non-fungible tokens, yeah. right? NFTs are all the rage now. You know, you can buy NFT. Well, yeah. uh, if you think of a, a song, for example, right? The songwriter, he puts it out as an NFT and he owns the digital art. And every time you want to listen to it, he basically gets, you know, gets a cut, but without Spotify, right? You don't need Spotify Mm -hmm. for it. So what blockchain does, it removes the intermediaries. It cuts out the intermediary. So if you think of the analogy of, you know, Bitcoin, what does Bitcoin do? It transfers money from one person to another without a bank. Mm-hmm. So blockchain allows the removal of the intermediary of this regulator. So whoever puts a, a stamp on a piece of paper, you can avoid this now because this trust is now created by an algorithm. You are responsible for the information. If, if it's not a cryptocurrency, it not numbers that are just being calculated. But if it's a piece of information that you put up, any piece of digital property, then you carry responsibility for what you've done. And, and if you, you know, cheat, you very quickly will be found out, right? So it is trust through this algorithm, through responsibility. One of the uh, applications in mining is to sell tokens of metal. So to sell you a, a right to, uh, for example, a gold bar, something that couldn't be done before. 
they do a 3D scan. We think that all gold bars are the same, but they aren't. Each gold bar, as it's poured, it has its unique little uneven surfaces. So same thing as they do like with actually uncut diamonds, they do a 3D scan. Same thing, they do a 3D scan of a gold bar. Through some companies that, uh, you know, do that, you buy a token of that bar. It is now yours. And if you want to sell it, actually, there is no need now to transport this bar from you know, from one bank to another. You can just sell the, the token of that bar to another person. And he will know that he owns this particular bar, not just a kilogram of gold, not just by number, which can be, you know, removed and whatever. But it's this it's this particular bar that you hold. So Nor Nickel uh, with Atomize platform, they are selling palladium now as a tokens uh, they are planning to then sell, sell nickel etc so it's a bit like a futures contract but it is in extent easier because you don't need such an extensive you know contract this blockchain provides more yeah again trust on the digital level rather than a very lengthy you know paper document are you seeing a lot of interest in in those types of concepts from the mining companies or the traders? Is there or is there resistance or, or is this a growth area? Uh, it's certainly growing uh, very slowly. People also don't understand it. It's all very very new. In even in the financial industry, you know, although there is so much news about it now, you know, in the newspapers and you can read, so and there are so many conferences. Still, you know, people are reluctant. Really, what is the adoption of the cryptocurrency? It's still not very high, and even the you know the banking industry, they're still just learning about it very carefully. So certainly, with tokenization of metals, it's it's in the beginning. It is a growth area. How fast it will grow. Uh, we'll see. But but it is happening. I've always thought that the natural place in the mining industry for this type of technology would be the royalty and streaming companies. They're investing, again, essentially for that future delivery, where you do have that kind of future-focused trust, trust factor built in. I don't see it just yet because I think there is a lot of regulations that need to be in place before it really takes off. The technology is working. It's where the legal stuff, like, for example, with this example that I said of the gold bars, it took the company two years to get the, all the legal stuff sorted out in Switzerland before they could do it. You know, I, I haven't heard yet of people selling tokens of like mining projects, but I, I don't see why not. I, I think it's a great platform to increase your uh, audience of investors to increase your investor pool. Yeah, absolutely. You have a combination of two areas where you you have mining, which is in most areas highly regulated and has sometimes a a low trust factor, (laughs) hence the the significant amounts of regulation. And then it sounds like similar parallels in, in the blockchain and the and the tokenization space, the regulators, how do they perceive this? Are they starting to get caught up on how this can be applied? Or what are you seeing on that side? Very little. I think they hear about it. Uh, they are thinking about it. Like I talked to L- London Metal Exchange. Uh, they mm-hmm. want to have uh, the passports for the metals that are selling on the London Metal Exchange 
but they're not yet ready to kind of demand that people use blockchain because they don't know yet how they're going to, you know, look after it. But they are definitely watching this space. Now, I also heard a project in British Columbia where I think the regulator there is looking into using blockchain to track ESG compliance uh, for mineral exploration companies. But uh, yeah, they're all in a trial stage. But yeah, there are beginnings and and certainly there is plenty of room to grow. So how did how did you get into this, Tanya? I mean, you were you were a geologist, you worked all over the world and and worked on some really fascinating projects globally. What got you into this space? So when I worked on a diamond exploration project in Canada, my job was to look after the database of all the mm. mineral uh, uh, in- indicators uh, for diamond. There were so many files, and I was completely drowning these Excel spreadsheets, and uh, there were errors there, and it was just extremely annoying and unmanageable. And then I created a relational database in Access that I programmed myself, and I was well pleased with it, and it did all the work for me, and I thought, oh, database is the way to deal with the data. Then I became interested in the big data analysis because analyzing my little database and in conjunction with ArcView, I was able to extract the information from this data uh, that um, you couldn't do it if you if you didn't have the well-organized data set. So then I really got into big data set management. And I, I loved that. I then worked with the humongous data sets in Alberta Geological Survey. They have this fantastic data sets for oil and gas industry. Again, just excited about analyzing big data. And then I read a book on big data. And in it, it mentioned this blockchain. And I thought, hmm, that is interesting. So it again removes this less human factor, less intermediary. And I thought, that is like the next level database. And so I started watching this blockchain space. And uh, then I learned about companies that start, you know, using blockchain for tracing. And I just think blockchain will will be all around us. You know, you probably have heard Web3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So blo- Web3 will also be blockchain based. What does it mean? That means uh, Everything you do on the web will belong to you. You know, you will own your information. You hear so much that, you know, uh, information is everything. So Web3 theoretically will allow you to own your information. So it, it just, I like the fact that it is such a major, major impact on everything. It's not something small. And I find it interesting that you said it kind of a lot of what you were seeing is removing the human element from the data management. And and I wonder also if you're seeing that in terms of data interpretation, which we, you know, we always say at Prospector with anything with AI, you don't want to use AI in place of human judgment, right? But you just want to speed up all of the research and make sure you're getting all of the right data to make that decision. And especially when it comes to interpreting data, right? And what does the data mean? Absolutely. Yes, I'm sure there will be integration with AI. Machines work very good with machine data. Blockchain integrates amazingly with uh, Internet of Things devices. 
So it's actually very important that the data that is supplied to blockchain doesn't come from the human entry, uh, ideally, but comes mm-hmm. straight from the devices. There are many applications that are already being used, you know, the facial recognition, the GPS tracking, of course, all these QR codes, and um, and I'm sure artificial intelligence in terms of analyzing the data uh, will become a place for it. Um, but for now, in mining industry, it's just a slow uptake, I would say. I mean, I shouldn't say slow, but cautious. I find that the industry is very quick to adopt new technology when it's operational, right? Like if you can, a new machine comes out that can mine ore faster or drill hard, you know, I mean, that you see a, a pretty good uptick, but it, it does seem to be slower moving than the oil and gas industry, certainly on the data and the analytics side. Oil and gas have been using blockchain now for, you know, four years. They've had this conference, mm-hmm. Blockchain and Oil and Gas, I think in Houston. They have every year a conference specifically on blockchain applications in oil and gas. And we really should learn from them. This is where I think the, our industry is behind. We don't use it for our advantage, you know, there's smart contracts that can be, you know, run on blockchain. Why construction industry is using it, oil and gas is using it, saving money, uh, improving efficiency. Why aren't we doing it yet? I'm very keen on that uh, application for blockchain. Is blockchain more important if mining companies or exploration companies are working in emerging and frontier markets? Is there an added value to that from you know, I think people have that perception, maybe because of the track and trace applicability coming out of conflict zones. That's where I always hear people talking about it, like, oh, we're going into this country, so we're going to do everything on blockchain because corruption is an issue, where I'm like, well, it doesn't seem to me that that's a significant difference in terms of where it should be used, right? I don't think it is that important because it depends on what you track on blockchain. You know, if you want specifically, you know, conflict minerals, then yes, if you're not working in a conflict area, then that's not what is relevant. But much bigger things are now being tracked on blockchain. You know, Rio Tinto now tracks their performance, environmental performance for their aluminium using the, they call it a smart program. So they create basically like you will find on a package of a cereal, everything that goes into that cereal. Uh, so they yeah. put a little label on their aluminum and they track on blockchain everything that you know was produced as this aluminum was produced. So big metals are also uh, using blockchain for you know tracking the ESG performance. Another application for huge iron ore concentrate is being sold now using blockchain uh, platforms from Australia. Australia to China by uh, both BHP and uh, Vale from Brazil. Uh, So they track uh, the progress of the iron ore concentrate and all the document trail that goes with it. Quality of the concentrates uh, is being tracked on blockchain. So it's not just the small conflict minerals, you know, in some faraway places. It's much bigger uh, application uh, than just that. Folks listening who are on the investor side, is adoption of blockchain technology something they should look for or question if they're evaluating a company? What might that tell them about what a company is doing or plans to do? 
I think adoption of blockchain technology can tell the investor how forward-looking the company is, how well it is adopting the new technologies, uh, because those companies that are braver in adopting new stuff, they, they're all looking into it. Even even if they're not using it yet, they're definitely you know studying it. The big companies, yes, they now lead the way, but uh, this is my big hope for the medium-sized companies to pick up and uh, really explore it because that's not happening yet. Well, and I would think it would also be an indicator to an investor or a stakeholder of, of any kind that if a company is willing to put data and information on blockchain, especially in maybe some of these key ESG areas, and again, ESG is environmental, social, and governance areas, that that would be a positive indication to me that the company is being transparent and is willing to be held accountable to the community that can view that data as a kind of putting their money where their mouth is, right? It's one thing to just put it in your own internal reports, but if it's on blockchain, it's harder for, for them to be hiding, right? Which means they don't want to or care about hiding data. Yeah. Here I would uh, use an example. For example, there is a company called Responsible Gold, and they track their gold from mine to the consumer. And, and that's all done on blockchain. This is one of the applications. I, I don't know the company that would do it for base metals yet. Uh, I would love to see mm-hmm. that happen in a, like a medium uh, scale, but I haven't seen that yet. But I'm sure it will eventually happen because you you did mention, you know, Tesla in the beginning. Tesla wants Mm -hmm. to know that the nickel that they're mining is sustainably mined. So now they made an agreement now with BHP and their nickel will be coming from Western Australia. Now that's an easy bit. How about the nickel that comes from Indonesia? And there are companies in Indonesia who are willing, and I'm talking to them now, they are willing to put their data on blockchain. So for an investor, if uh, the company is open and will provide uh, this kind of documentation on a blockchain, then they can, you know, rest assured that this more secure information management. So in that sense, also, uh, this technology can be a way for companies in what people perceive to be higher risk jurisdictions to prove that they're doing things the way they've committed to and and the right way, right? And to kind of help assist them in maybe de-risking or getting rid of the perceived risk of investing in that project by making this information available this way. That's correct. Yeah. So if we think about, you know, cobalt in Congo, and the tracking of Cobalt and Congo. This is one of the birthplaces of the application of the birthplace blockchain and mining. Why? Because 20% of Cobalt comes from artisanal mining that might be difficult to track, etc. But that means that 80% does come from industrial mines. So how do they prove that, you know, our cobalt is from a you know big industrial mine, not a problem. So this is where it was born, and so those who did it now they they can show it, right? At least from when I I looked at those types of scenarios, and this was several years ago, the miners were willing to do it. It was oftentimes the the middlemen or the the processors that kind of lump all of the material in from a variety of different sources who were resistant to this kind of track and trace application. Is there is there new functionality? that allows those middlemen to participate in blockchain? Certainly not everywhere. And of course, there is a resistance because blockchain removes the middlemen. So they don't like it, right? So what are we seeing now? We're seeing now the trading company becoming mining companies 
We are seeing mm. now what we never saw before. Tesla is suddenly talking to a miner. Yeah. That never happened before. But now Volkswagen is talk- talking to a miner, right? So yeah. something that they didn't have to worry about, now they do. So, yeah, these middlemen, they've been squeezed out. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the tough reality of it. But it's not a bad thing for overall ecosystem. It's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I see a huge trend going on with essentially vertical integration with the companies investing in or buying or building their own mines so that they can greater control for their shareholders, you know, the the conditions in the mines and, and better be able to speak to how they're being run in a lot of different ways. It is and will continue to change how the industry works. Yeah, blockchain by its nature breaks the boundaries of corporations. But the way I see it, what we need is to create a real network. According to Andy Martin from IBM, who is a blockchain philosopher, he says, the value is of who is in the room. So who are the stakeholders in the mining industry? It's the community, it is the mining company, it is the regulator, right? It is the clients, probably the processor, logistics. They all need to exchange data and they all need to trust each other. So this is the system that we need to create. We need to think really differently because ultimately, you know, we want to do good. We, you know, obviously we want to make profit, yes, but we also want to have the social license to operate, right? Blockchain allows this trust between all these different parties through increased responsibility. Well, and I think that's brilliant because a big part of what we see on on the prospector side is that by making data not just transparent, but accessible to all of the people involved in the decision, you build trust in that project and then eventually in the sector, right? And I think that's a big part of what you're saying. If you get everybody in the room, right, who needs to be included in that decision-making process and in communication about a project, eventually you can create and foster greater trust amongst all those parties. Absolutely. Yeah. And it will be better for the mining industry. Like as a geologist, I'm very frustrated by some mining projects being stopped because the community doesn't want any mining because they're scared of everything. And this is not fair to the industry. It is a very difficult, you know, industry to work in. Our projects are high risk. They require incredible cooperation of different professionals to pull them off. And when then, uh, you know, the locals will stop some brilliant project that my heart is particularly, you know, um, breaking for just because they don't want anything or because there is some, you know, political game and there is not a fair information available. That's just not right. And it's not good for anybody. And I think blockchain will help bring this transparency that is really needed. Absolutely. So on that note, I've been asking all of my guests this year, if you could wave a magic wand and and there's one thing that just overnight you could change about the mining industry, what would it be? I think it will be the perception uh, of the industry by the general populace. I really admire the work that many of our industry do in explaining to people uh, what we do. A lot more needs to be done in that. And I just really would hope for the 
change of perception. You know, I'm a geologist. I love nature. I definitely don't want to hurt nature. And I want to be proud of my profession rather than ashamed. I never was when I was learning. It was never even an issue. And suddenly now everybody, oh, you dig holes. That's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's a, But we need to be clever about it and we need to be responsible as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, cheers to that. I'm 100% on board. And thank you so much for, for coming on On the Rocks. And I look forward to staying in touch and hearing more as hopefully the industry gets on board and you've got more cool projects to talk about with us. Excellent. Thank you very much, Emily. It was a pleasure. Thank you to our guest and my colleague, Tanya Matviva, for joining us on this episode of On the Rocks. To learn more about Tanya and her work, visit her on LinkedIn at Tanya Matviva and about Kamni Chain at kamni.co. For more insights on new mining projects, mining news, and more, go to our website at www.prospectorportal.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Nugget. Thanks for joining us on The Rocks. If you enjoyed the episode, click the subscribe button and please leave a review. Until next time, keep your glasses full and your ice cold. Cheers.